Yo, what's up friends? Welcome back to Like, Comment, and Subscribe, the podcast where my name is Ryan Seth and I like to record in my bedroom. So thank you for checking in this week. Uh, this is the weekly podcast where I'll be posting Tuesdays at 6 a.m. And this is really a place for uh, me to talk about what it's like to leave my job and to pursue something that I'm very passionate in and pursue a dream of mine. For those of you that don't know, I had a, a pretty well-paying job with a lot of opportunity and a lot of benefits and a great community behind it to pursue my passion in in photography and videography and post that onto YouTube. We'll kind of get into uh, what led to that. Uh, but before we do, I want to talk about kind of where I'm coming from. Um, since a lot of you probably don't know, uh, that about me. First off, I'm from the suburbs of DC. And if you've ever been to DC, you know that the political environment there is very, very strong. Like if you are anywhere within 50 miles of DC, you know someone who probably is very high up in the political spectrum or lobbyist, activist, whatever you have you. They probably work in DC. And probably about 65 to 70% of the people in your neighborhood work for the government whether that be contractors or directly in the government. I know I had a lot of friends whose parents worked like in the Pentagon, in the White House, in the Capitol, a lot of those really high up places, which honestly, it's it's cool to think about now, but back then I didn't care. And honestly, someone that doesn't really care too much about politics, I don't care so much about all that, but it's still kind of, um, I still think it's very interesting and it, it makes sense, uh, kind of the upbringing that I have. So in the area that I lived in, uh, of course, because of government being so close, there was a lot of opportunity. Uh, a lot of opportunity to, one, get a government job, which is kind of what I was pushed to do in a way my whole life, was to go to school, get a good degree in whatever I wanted to, but to end up working for the government and having what you assume to be some pretty decent job security. And, well, I didn't really do that. Because so as a young kid, <laughs> um, as a young kid, I got into music pretty quickly. Uh, by the time I was in sixth grade, uh, I I picked up a guitar for the first time. Um, well, going back uh, as as a young kid, as as young as elementary school, I remember I would I would always have electric guitar toys, and being a rock star was always this kind of thing that I thought I'd be. And it's just the and it's to the point where it's not like oh when I grow up like I want to be an astronaut or I want to be. Um, firefighter or a princess or whatever. No, what I wanted to be was I wanted to be a rock star. And not only did I just think that, I just had this feeling that I would be. Now, no matter where life took me or where I ended up, I would end up being a rock star. And when I hit sixth grade, I took a music lab class uh, with a very influential teacher. And I learned how to play guitar uh, mildly. You know, I picked up, we did you know, basic music stuff, but I was definitely drawn to the guitar as always wanting to play it and friends as uh, always saying that I just, I would, I had the guitar attitude or whatever, I would be a rock star. But regardless, I picked it up and I fell in love with it and I didn't put it down um, for seven years. I played it completely through middle school and through high school. I would definitely would say I was, I became quite affluent. Um, is affluent the right word to say when you're playing an instrument? Um, anyways, I do believe I became, you know, moderately skilled at it for someone that was in high school. I, I did play classical guitar, 
Uh, I played acoustic and electric a little bit. I was in jazz band and in like a little acoustic kind of giggy things, but nothing super serious outside of the whole classical aspect. And so I really, really do appreciate the fact that I learned classical guitar very early on and kind of got those those chops and those skills those skills down that can translate into any other kind of guitar that I want. A lot of theory and lots like that. So uh, with that said, I, I thought I'd always end up playing guitar. I thought I'd be in a band, I thought I'd be either a studio guitarist, um, not so much a producer, but I thought I'd be in the music world. I always knew that I'd be performing somewhere, somehow, classical, not classical, I don't know. And that's a, a thought that kept with me through college. In college, I continued to play, not quite as much, not as structured, of course, because I didn't take any guitar, any music classes, um, but I did take, I was in a couple bands, playing around, recorded an EP, did that whole thing, and I, I enjoyed it. I loved it to death. But there was always something inside of me that made it feel like work. Like, I very much enjoyed playing guitar, but when it came to practice or it came to going to record, it felt like something I had to do. It wasn't a passion. I loved playing on stage. That was so much fun. Uh, but all the other things around it, just, they were very stressful and things that I didn't necessarily really spend a lot of time on. Especially when it came to practicing, I didn't want to spend time in my room practicing scales or the music that I was supposed to know just for whatever reason. I love the instrument. I just didn't necessarily love the work that behind it. So guitar was always a passion and still always a passion. But then about last year, I decided that I was going to record myself playing guitar. I wanted to take guitar more seriously. I wanted to do music more seriously. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get better. I'm going to put myself on a schedule where every week I'm going to record myself learning a new cover and performing it. And that will kind of get me to know more songs. I'll learn more theory that way. And I'll have fun with it because I want to learn songs. And now I have a reason to do that. And I'll post it on YouTube to keep myself accountable for it. And to make sure it's not crap and make sure it's okay and postable. <laughs> Which you can still see those videos on my other channel. Um, but definitely looking back, it's uh, I don't really want to go back to doing that. Because I'm, I'm not the best singer uh, or good at all. But I do like playing guitar. Um, anyways, getting up, I decided that I would post on YouTube every week playing guitar, and that got me into YouTube. I'd been watching YouTube for about two, two and a half years at that point, and I enjoyed the culture and the shows that I watched on YouTube, and I had always thought it'd be fun to be a YouTuber, but I didn't really necessarily take it seriously to the point where I, like, was doing it all the time. It was like, I'll just post these on YouTube, and I'll do music. Well, I did that for a little while, and I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't necessarily enjoy the guitar part. You see, when it came to learning the covers... I really only played for like an hour or two beforehand learning the cover, and then I would record it. The fun part, the fun part for me was setting things up. And at this time, I just had an iPhone. I was using an iPhone 6 to record everything. I would sit on my bed, I'd have my computer with my chords and the lyrics, and I would read off of that as I sang and played guitar to my phone. And I was like, I found out, wow, I really love recording myself. This is fun. I really feel like I'm building up a confidence in me that I don't have because I was very shy at the time. Um, I had gone through a little bit of a breakup, so that kind of shattered my ego a bit, and I felt really out of place, and I needed a community. But as someone that was really shy and, and closed off, I didn't want to reach out to anyone I knew. And to me, the internet seemed like the place to go because it would just be a void. And no one was following me, really, just a few people that I knew, and I didn't care so much if they, um, what they thought of me. Because uh, I just I felt comfortable around them, so I found out quickly that I enjoyed the video part of YouTube, 
a video part of recording myself. And that translated into me buying more equipment for, I started using mics that I had used for my music stuff. And then I bought lighting and I bought a, a tripod. And then I ended up buying a real camera. And at that point, I realized I really love recording things. And what's also good with recording things? Photography. I got into photography. I started taking pictures. I started taking a picture class at the college that I was at. And I was so into it. And it, it blew my mind that when I had first picked up the guitar, I loved it. Hands down, it was fun. But it always seemed like a course of mine. Like I was just going to carry this through my whole life. But when it came to photography, I wanted to know more. I was hungry to learn as much as I could, as quickly as I could, because I wanted my skill set to really go up as fast as I can and get good at this. And I, and never in my life have I ever been so motivated of my own volition of finding something that like, this is what people mean when they say that you find your passion, you find what you're meant to do, you find what you love, and you just want to keep doing it. It doesn't matter if it's work. That's how I felt. Even though I spent time setting things up, planning what my next videos were going to be, I, t I went away from doing covers to doing more skits, to vlogging, to just trying things out because I loved the idea of talking to a camera, expressing myself, getting a lot off of my chest, and just releasing it to the world. No matter who cares, no matter what people say of it, it's out there and they can judge me as they want. That leads us to here, to the summer of 2018. A couple months ago, I was, I was fed up with the job that I had, probably about three or four months ago. I had been doing the same thing for about two years and nothing had really changed and things had just gotten so boring and mundane. And then I got a new role, which I thought would change everything. I'm like, you know what? This is a better position. This is more fun. I'm definitely going to be able to stay with this company a lot longer because I'm, I'm at a better place now. And even from the very first day that I started this position at this job, I wasn't thrilled. It was still the idea that I have to co go to this place every day for five days a week and spend time when I really want to be out recording and taking pictures and things like that, just living life. And by the time I was done working, I was just so mentally exhausted that I had to go to bed. I had, there was no other choice. I was even too tired to play video games or work out. I just, I had to leave. So I, I stuck through the job for a few more months, saving up what I could. And then one day I decided I'm just, I, I need to leave. I can't stay here any longer. And so I just, I put my two weeks in. After about a week of thinking about it, I'm like, this is my job. This is what I need to do. My mental health is definitely going down. I need to get out. So I left. And I left with only about two months worth of money to keep me going before something else had to, I had to do something else, making some kind of monetary value. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to support myself. Um, the, the worst part about being an adult is that you have bills to pay. And you're, the mistakes that you make as a kid with debt definitely add up. And then by the time you hit adulthood, you're like, I, I, did I really need that TV at that point? Did I really need to spend that money on that one thing? I didn't. And now I can sell it and get some money, but I will get a fraction of what I actually paid for it. So debt is a very serious thing. Try and stay out of it. But regardless, that's why I'm stuck in a minute. I have to live with it. My choice is... So I left my job, two months worth of money to get me through, and I decide I'm going to do YouTube full-time. 
I love it. I've been watching it so much the last year. I'm envious of everyone that's on it. I think that I can do a good job on YouTube. So I'm just gonna take the plunge and I'm gonna go ahead, do this as long as I can. I have savings that will last me up to six months, but after that six months, I literally would not have a penny to my name. So I gave myself six months. Well, wouldn't you know it, things don't work out the way that you plan. So now we're getting into today where money was doing okay. It's This is the, uh, I'm about to enter in the fourth week of doing this. So still very new. I was gonna give myself three months before I even had an idea of what I was doing. And then the first 100 videos on my YouTube channel would just be crap probably. And by the time I hit the 101st video, I'd have a little bit of a better idea and a better consistency that I can keep it going and kind of maintain an audience and choose what I want to do after that 100th video. Regardless, here we are at the start of week four and money is getting tight. A lot tighter than I originally thought. What I had thought that would last me two to three months is lasting me about five to six weeks. So, so one thing that you'll learn when you, if you ever do this is that you plan meticulously. You plan on you're gonna only buy certain things. You're, not, you're gonna cut things out so that you have this much money. You only have this many bills to pay for, no Netflix. Uh, you're not gonna drive as much. Well, stuff still happens. Birthdays come up and you need to get birthday gifts, so that's some money. You go out to eat with a friend and the bill ends up being $20 because you forgot about that extra drink that you had. Uh, or you're like me and your car decides that it's gonna stop working and the repair is gonna be a couple hundred dollars. Immediately, that shuts you down. Like, this happened just this morning and I realized that this repair is gonna take up half of the money that I have disposable. So I'm not dipping into my savings yet, but half of the money that I have available right now is gonna be going to fix my car. And I kid you not, at a point like this, when you, you hit a point where you need to either pay to have your car fixed or not pay and pursue your dream. And it's a terrifying decision to make because you would think, oh, obviously I will, if I don't need a car right now, I just won't pay to get it fixed, right? No big deal. I'll just pursue my dream. That's what I'm on. That's what you want to do. That's what you think that you would do in the moment. But at that moment, when you realize that your mode of transportation is obsolete, so you no longer could really leave your house without biking somewhere, and if you live in a suburb, you have to bike a long distance to go away from something, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You can't use your parents' car. You don't, you have to call on your friends like how you did in high school, which is super degrading. It doesn't make sense. So at this point, you're like, well, I, li I have to get my car fixed. That is the only choice. I could get it fixed, sell it, but then I'm out of, I'm out of luck because I'm financing it. I'm not gonna make as much money back. So my only choice in this case is to sell it. And at that point, when you're running low on money, you're like, well, you know, <laughs> I had a good run. I gave it three months of my time and uh, it didn't work out. So I guess I have to go back and getting a, get a job. I have to figure out something to do. And that's the point when you need to stop yourself. You need to take care of the things that you need to take care of. That makes sense. So, so my car in this scenario has to get fixed. I have to come up with the money somehow to get it fixed because I need a car that functions. It is the way it is, at least for me. But what I had this revelation about is that you, I don't need to go to, I don't need to quit my dream and my passion to go get another nine to five just so I can pay my bills. That's, that's, that's the easy answer. Oh, I need money, so let me quit what I'm doing that's not making money and go back to the thing that was making me money, right? No, that makes the whole reason that you left in the first place 
pointless. That means you just wasted a few weeks. Well, and you could have saved yourself the stress by staying with it. So Gary Vee and a lot of people talk about this nowadays, and that's about that side hustle. And with my job, YouTube was my side hustle. I had my main job, and then I had YouTube. And I was so tired after my main job that I was always failing at my side hustle at doing YouTube. And so that's when I decided I had to leave my job to do YouTube full-time. So cool. So now that I left my job, YouTube is now my main job. I'm not making money from it, but that's my main thing. YouTube now is my nine to five. I have to do that. The way you think and you think about it now is that, okay, so YouTube is still going to stay my nine to five because that's my dream. So what's my side hustle to get me some money? That's what I came up with. And then that took me a lot of thought. And that that wasn't an easy answer to come up with because it's it's scary. You're it, But... It's scary thinking that you're going to have to give up on your dream. But if you remember that, you're not giving up on your dream by having a side hustle. You are pursuing your dream with all that you can. And then with your leftover time, you might have to cut a little bit into your main dream to make some money on the side. It's what you have to do. Well, I'm st- and that's the process I'm in right now. So how am I going to make, what, what is my side hustle going to be? Well, I was doing, okay, I was doing let go for a little bit, getting rid of things that I don't really need. I have a lot of old stuff that we just have that I don't use anymore that I can get a couple bucks from. And that's been helping to pay for some groceries and all that. But now coming up with a sum to pay for my car and going forward, I need something a little bit more significant. So fortunately, we are very lucky to live in a day and age where there's so many on-demand jobs. You could do Uber or TaskRabbit, um, things like that that you can kind of just go out and do it. But that's, I don't necessarily just want to do a, that's not really a side hustle. That's like a side cash grab in a way. But the fortunate thing about being an, a creative and an artist in a way, and it sounds pretentious calling myself an artist because I don't believe that I'm an artist yet. I'm working on it, but I'm definitely like an artist in training, um, is to use that to monetize yourself. And that's, that makes sense. Like, oh, obviously monetize yourself with your passion. Yeah, but... If you're doing something like YouTube, you're still working in a sense. You're essentially working for YouTube, but you're not getting you're but you're not getting paid because you're working for YouTube or you're working in YouTube and you're working for yourself. But you're not going to get paid for a while, so you got to find something that, that will bring money in. So what's another art form that I can use? Well, photography or video. I can find clients that I can do on the side, get a little bit of money on the weekends, on in the evenings, and then use that to pay for certain things. And it's not a perfect thing. You know, it's, it definitely takes a switching of mind when you spend all day focusing just on yourself. You know, what content am I going to create? It can be anything I want today. I have the entire day to do to make something that I like. What's it going to be? It's a very different shift when you have to start working for someone else and hire yourself out. You're like, well, now I do have to kind of prepare for this one thing that this person wants me to do. And I hope I can do well enough that they like what I did and that I feel like I, it was well-deserved what I did. And there can be that big shift. So that's that's definitely a scary aspect of um, definitely a very scary aspect of being your own boss is kind of um, is is going back to a place where someone tells you what to do. But fortunately, with being creative, you can kind of find your way to be your own boss and not necessarily just be demanded by everyone. Like how you are nine to five, where you're really stuck into a structure. Also, coming up with really creative ideas consistently is a lot harder than you think. Because in itself, coming up with an idea is not hard. Like you can sit in a room and be like, just think of like three things. Just look around your room, be like guitar, tissues, 
trash can. Sick. All right, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write a song about a tissue that's making its, that's going through its life and ends up in a trash can. Easy, I just created this idea, right? Cool. Now make it into five to 10 minutes worth of content that's actually enjoyable. That's so much harder. And then do that every day. And you don't know if you're gonna get a weekend off or a break because you need to make sure your video's out. That's what makes it hard. So before I left my job, I had a list. I probably had 50 ideas. I'm like, this is easy. Every day I'll pick an idea from here, I'll expand on it, I'll write, and then I'll just make this. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> if it does, your content is gonna be crappy. And unless you're just amazing at it, because I definitely did that a little bit on, some, on my older channel, and a few times I tried it on this newer channel of mine, the current one, and I just don't. It doesn't work for me. I definitely kind of tried that out in the first week and definitely in the second week, I just started listing off ideas. But fortunately by the third week, I started doing a lot more prep work and that has made all the difference. Prep work as in a few days prior to what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna think about, okay, this would be kind of a cool idea to do. So let me go ahead and let me write down more ideas, kind of fill out the story and then I script it out, I write, Maybe not word for word what I'm gonna say, but you know, a pretty detailed outline with a lot of bullet points. And then sometimes I'll do a shot list, but most of the time I don't really need it because I'm not doing giant long stories. So then I'll just, I'll go through those bullet points on camera, I'll do that, and I have an idea. And then before I even, so before I even press record on my camera, I already know what I'm going into, I know what my edits are gonna look like. So when I do export my footage into my, my computer and start editing it, I have an idea of what the end product is already gonna be like. And that makes time, that makes it so much easier. Not to say that it's less time consuming. In fact, it's probably more time consuming. Because to be to be truthful, when I first when I first started doing this full time, I probably would spend about eight to ten hours, um, three to four days a week on YouTube, which you know it's a lot of time. That's that's basically full time, but there were I definitely was slacking a little bit because it was it was new. I couldn't really manage my time very well. I didn't understand what to do and this life events got in the way. And now and now I feel like I'm a lot better at that. I'm definitely I definitely could be putting more time into it. Um, I say that even though I literally don't take days off and I probably spend at least 60 to 70 hours a week thinking or working about YouTube or stressing about it or doing something with it, but but it has made a difference when I script things out and I have an idea going into it because yeah, it's a lot of time and it's a lot it's a lot more effort, but one my my ideas are more thought out. The the content is more enjoyable, especially for me to edit. Because when it comes to editing, if you're just sitting and watching yourself talk for like an hour, cutting down to like 10, 10 minutes, you're just like, this is so monotonous. I gotta piece this together. But when you have an idea, it's scripted out, it's a fun skit or an idea, you're having fun, you're messing around, you're doing new effects, you're trying new things out, and it, it's a, it works out a lot better by doing that. Cool, uh, and the last thing I just wanna talk about briefly is um, giving yourself breaks on this. Um, maybe this is something that kinda, kinda happens when you're, you're your own boss and you create your own schedule, is that it's, not that it's easy to slack off, but it's it's hard to give yourself a set a solid schedule, because a lot of the times, because you think when you come from nine to five, you're like, okay, cool, I work for two hours, get a fifteen minute break, or I work for four hours, get an hour lunch. Like that's it's set pretty much, you know. Maybe you'll interact with some people a little bit, 
But, and it's those things when you're working at a job and you kind of like take like, you know, 30 seconds to a minute to like ask your boss a question or ask the other person next to you like a, you know, a funny story. You're here, you eat eavesdrops for a minute. It's like there are moments that you're constantly being distracted from your work. But when you're alone in your house and you're trying to make a video, those moments, they seem more like you're losing time. Like maybe you'll spend an hour editing and then you kind of like, look off in the distance, daydream for five minutes and realize, oh shoot, I just, I just lost five minutes. Like I could have gotten another, another, you know, bit done in that time, another bit of editing. And and that's when it can get hard because you'll, you'll do something, you'll stand up, you'll walk around, you'll go back to it, but your mind's still in that space. And that's, that's where it's really hard to detach yourself from your work. And something that I've, I'm struggling, I currently am struggling with a lot and I need to kind of work it on it, work on it. And I'm hoping it's just because it's new. I'm trying to find a schedule for this. So even though I would say that time actually spent doing things YouTube related or doing content creation, it's probably about 60 to 65 hours a week is spent actually doing something, whether it's scripting or brainstorming, editing, recording, whatever it may be. But a solid, probably like, I want to say 15 to 20 more hours of the week are spent just in thought thinking about like, oh no, like why aren't, why are my views going down in this video? Oh, this video did a lot better. How, what can I do to make the next one I do get that many views? Like it's a real thing. You hear YouTubers talk about that and it's, you know, you, you definitely want to like compare yourself to other YouTubers and you want to look at your numbers as like, as the way to validate yourself. And so far I've been great. Like my, my views are not the best. I get it. Like I'm, I'm an unknown channel. I'm just among my friends and community. And some view, some videos get less than 10 views. And yeah, it, it hurts because you spend all this time on a video prepping for getting it ready, shooting it, editing it, and you want people to like it. You want people to at least look at it. And you get like five people to look at it. But so you can't look. So I've been a good job. I've done a good job at not validating myself by the numbers. I wish at the same time, it would still be nice if more looked at it. Um, but get to the point of just time management. Um, kind of really shutting off, realizing that, okay, I did a lot today. You know, I, I spent eight hours actually working on a video and on a podcast. And even though maybe it doesn't translate, eight hours doesn't translate into a finished product, like how at the end of a day of a normal job would like, oh, I finished what I had to do today. Awesome. Let's go home. No, there's, there's more work to be done. And especially when you're at home, you're like, oh, I, oh, it's seven o'clock. I've been working since 10. Well, you know what? I'll give myself two more hours and then I'll go to bed. It's like, you can't leave your work at home because when you work at home, you're already at work. So you got to keep working on it. And that's something I need to work on because in a way it's, it's affected my, my quality of living in a way when everything I think about is, okay, what can I do to make a video or promote a video or what's the next video going to be really detaching yourself uh, from everything. And in my mind, I have this idea that, oh, you know, once I have like a steady stream of like followers or viewers or if I'm making money off of this or what have you, that will go down. I'll finally be able to make a schedule. But in all honesty, probably the more people that end up coming to the channel, I will end up working harder and doing more and having less of a life. And I don't know. But I'm hoping that at least early on, I can keep my mindset in the way that, okay, I'm working on videos. I need to make sure that I take at least an hour off at the end of the night to not think about YouTube. And so far, I've done a good job about that. About that. Um, I picked up Watch Dogs 2. It's an old game. I played a little bit when it came out like two years ago, but I've been wanting to, to really play it again. 
So I picked that up uh, as a way to kind of, you know, cool my mind down. And if I'm not going to be playing a video game, I've also decided that I'm going to learn a language and I'm going to learn, go back to programming. I'm such a bad programmer, but I just, I really want to learn it again. I'm such, I'm so attracted to it for some reason. Um, so that's also a good way to find other things that make you feel like you're productive, but aren't necessarily related to the one thing that you're doing for your job. Cool, friends. All right, thank you for listening to that episode two of uh, the podcast. Definitely, if you have any comments, um, oh, in case you don't know, um, I, I post everything on my Instagram mostly. That is, in, and that's at, you can find me at Instagraffiti. It's I-N-S-T-A-G-R-A-F-F-I-T-T-I, Instagraffiti. Also follow me at Twitter at Seth Ryan. I post some stuff there, but mostly it's on Instagram where you'll find a lot of my, my content and where I'm saying where things are going. Uh, plus, this um, podcast now are officially, um, this is on Anchor, so that can be that is the easiest place to find my podcast. If you go to Anchor, you will always see everything there. That's why I spend most of my time with all this. But I am also on Spotify and a few other abstract, um, a few other abstract places. Uh, if you go to Anchor, uh, .fm and go to uh, my podcast, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, you'll find the links to the other places that I am podcasting in, or if you have those other podcasting apps, check them out. Maybe I'm there instead. The only place I'm not in right now are Apple Podcasts, as far as I'm aware. Um, that's, there's a little bit more, there's a couple more hurdles I need to check, I need to jump through to get onto that. And um, so I'll be dealing with that probably in the next coming weeks. So don't expect that right away. So if you want, if you have Spotify, I am there. I am on the Google podcasting site. And of course I'm on Anchor. Um, so for that. So friends, thank you so much for checking in today. Definitely come back next Tuesday. I'll have what it's like to be on the inside doing YouTube full time and leaving your job for that. Plus, if you do have any kind of comments, you wanna call in or anything, uh, leave me a message at anchor on anchor. I would love to respond to any kind of questions that you guys have. It makes uh, talking for 45 minutes a little bit easier uh, for sure. Uh, but friends, thank you so much for checking in. And this has been like, comment, subscribe with Ryan Seth. Peace.